Hey all, Alon here. So we're not doing a normal podcast this week, fucking international break. But I did sit down with a couple dudes from FB Ref, my favorite stat site, for a quick little fireside chat. And we will be back on Thursday for a Patreon pod. So yeah, enjoy and see you then. Okay, welcome to another FMLPL fireside chat. This is Alon, and I am joined by Adam Dorowski, head of user experience for FB Ref, as well as Dan Hirsch, who's a developer at FB Ref. What's up, guys? How are we doing? Good. How are you doing, Alan? Doing well. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So this is sort of an FB Ref party. Um, we're huge fans of the site. I think a lot of the FPL fantasy Premier League community has latched onto it as well. Um, why don't we start with what you guys do there? Adam, uh, what does head of user experience at FBREF entail? Yeah, so, uh, well, FBREF is part of sports reference. We have a whole bunch of other sites like baseball reference, basketball reference. And FBREF is our, our newest and uh, smallest but growing uh, site. And it launched a few years ago. Uh, I don't know the exact date, Dan. You might know that. Uh, June 18, 2018, I believe. Nice, nice. Yeah, so I've been full-time at Sports Reference less than a year, but I was consulting with them during the development of F3Ref. So what does uh, head of UX mean? So basically, I'm talking to users, finding out what's working, what's not, designing new features, running those by new users, uh, running them by old users, just finding out what works uh, across the site, what people want, uh, what we're able to to get for them. And uh, yeah, designing and Chipping and doing it all over again. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. Uh, Dan, what about you? Uh, so I'm the, I guess, the the primary developer for FBREF, but uh, we have a number of developers at Sports Reference. And we, you know, we work across sports. We work on multiple projects that aren't just, you know, one specific to an, an individual sport. But uh, yeah, basically, the all the features and stuff that go through FBREF, um, you know, usually uh, I'm, I'm the one working on them, I guess. <laughs> behind the <laughs> behind the scenes magic. And sure. I'm curious, like, how'd you guys get into sort of the stats world, the soccer world, and then the sports reference world? Like, damn, why don't we just start with you? Sure. I mean, I I come from a baseball background, so I'm I've always been into baseball and baseball statistics. Um, but as far as soccer, uh, I got into soccer. Oof. Man, 15 years ago now, uh, maybe maybe 12 years ago, I was a big Ronaldinho fan with Barca. Nice. Um, so yeah, uh, I kind of went away from it when, when I had young kids, and then came back when I when I got the job with the FB Ref. And uh, you know, I'm always you know attracted to analyzing a, a sport, not just you know not just watching it as a fan. So I'm always into trying to determine what's good, who's good, uh, you know, using stats. Awesome. What about you, Adam? Yeah, I also came from a baseball background that was years and years and years of baseball. And I was the the kid that, you know, poured over the back of the baseball cards and <laughs> read the baseball digest and everything. And I'd never followed soccer until about 2014 when my son got into it. Uh, he kind of went from baseball to soccer and I uh, started digging into it. And I used basically the stats to learn about it because that's how I consume baseball i'm like that's how i get to consume soccer then so of course i found that there weren't all that many stats so <laughs> that led to a lot of uh, opportunities to, to to learn about this while you know developing fb ref and talking to users and learning about the game so it, it was an interesting way to to learn about the game uh but very fulfilling yeah i, th- I bet if someone made a pie chart of like how did americans get into european soccer it'd be 
you know, stats, FIFA, and, you know, I don't know, <laughs> something, something like that. So, and fantasy, of course, fantasy. Yeah. Um, so I figured we'd just start with, like, how I mostly use the site and take it from there. So I usually, when I'm going to FBRF, it's usually to look at individual players, of course, fantasy perspective, and their statistics. I usually stick with what I'm comfortable with, which is, you know, XG, non-penalty XG, XA, a few other basic statistics, but there's, I know there's so much more there. It's, it's kind of overwhelming. I think when people first go to the site and they're, they're sort of new to the reference sites in general, it's just like a lot of action. Um, so I wanted to talk about some specific stats, what they mean, you know, how they work, figure out maybe what fantasy players can glean from them. And, and I wanted to start with, I think what is unique to FBRF, which is the goal and shot creation stats, because I've always had sort of a hunch that there's something there from, you know, a fantasy perspective, but I'm not really sure what. Um, Dan, do you maybe want to tell us, like, what GCA, SCA are and how they work? Sure. They're basically the, um, oh, SCA is shot creating action and GCA is a subset of that. And it's basically any shot creating action that that results in a goal. Um, and they're basically the two actions that occur before a shot is taken. So, and that, and that could be a pass, you know, which we're all used to, with, you know, with assists, but it could also be a dribble. It could be, um, on the defensive end as a, as a tackle, it could be drawing a foul. Uh, it could be a shot that's rebounded. So basically any action that a player does that ultimately results in a shot taken and they, they earn a shot creating action for. Um, Adam, do you have anything to add to that? <laughs> yeah, I, I was uh, looking at the the Man City Liverpool match just to kind of get some some GCA SCA numbers from that, just to try to explain it. And Bernardo Silva had six shot creating actions. None of them resulted in a goal creating action. He had like the the pass before a key pass on like three occasions. Once he was fouled to set up a free kick, that got him a, a shot creating action. And then one time he had a dribble and a pass before the shot. So he actually got both of the shot creating actions on that. None of them resulted in a, in a goal. Mo Salah, on the other hand, had five shot creating actions, but four of them were goal creating actions. How did he do that when there were only two goals and he scored one of them? <laughs> so I'll walk through that. Um, before the Sadio Mane goal, he had the dribble and the pass. So he had both of the actions before that goal. And then before his own goal, he had two separate dribbles where he took on separate players and, and dribbled past them. So he actually had the goal and both of the uh, goal-creating actions from it. And then later in the match, he had a, a key pass that, uh, from a Fabinho shot that was blocked. So that just kind of gives an example of what, what we're talking about specifically with these types of actions. Right. I've always felt that it's kind of a way to... it's. I don't know. In my head, it's always been sort of like, and these are all of the avenues that a player may contribute to goals, you know, and that's what we're always looking for in fantasy. For the most part, it's shots, goals, assists, that kind of stuff. And to me, this has always been sort of a stat that's like a wider scope than, you know, the XG, which is just the shot or, you know, the XA similarly. And it's sort of like, this guy is super involved. And even though he may not be getting the stats now, like based on what he's doing, on the pitch may lead to goals in the future. That's kind of sort of how I've always like thought about it. I don't know if that's right. Right. I was talking about, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say that, uh, you know, 
coming into soccer and, and realizing that the basic stats, there's, there's very few of them with just goals, assists yeah. and, you know, maybe tackles or in cards. Um, and we, and we basically just wanted a way to, uh, to show who's helping create goals, you know, in addition to just the one assist, you know, we're also kind of used to hockey where there's two assists, you know, just yeah. try, trying to give more credit where it's due, um, you know, in, in that progress to eventually scoring a goal or, or taking a shot. Adam, did you have something you want to say? Yeah, I was going to bring up the hockey example yeah. where that I think it's just inspired by that, where there's the the two passes before the shot, where this is the couple actions. Not always going to be a pass, which was something that we were able to to dig into from the data, where you know if somebody wins a tackle that then leads to a goal. We're able to document that too, so it's a little richer than the the hockey assist, I think. Even yeah, yeah, it's funny you say that because we always call it a hockey assist on our podcast when when they didn't quite get the assist they get the second assist um there's a bunch of shooting stats as well i mean like i said i kind of focus on xg usually non-penalty xg but what do we learn from the other many shooting stats there that aren't already basically included in xg which you know i think has sort of a lot of these things in its formula but you know there's a Shots on target, shots on target percentage, goals per shot, goals per shot on target, distance. You know, they, I just don't know what to like do with some of these. Adam, you, you're, you're smiling like you got something to say. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'll be honest. Like a lot of these, I'm trying to think of a, an application for fantasy purposes. Mm. I always think it's interesting to see like who takes their shots from closer or, yeah. or, or longer range. Or, um, you know, maybe if you're facing a, a player you have is facing a team that, concedes a high number of shots you might go for the guy that uh that has the better conversion rate or something like that i haven't done any studies to to prove that out but it just seems like a something that you might look at too in terms of just volume of shots but also the conversion rate there right i like to look at the uh the npxg net which is basically just uh goals minus xg to see who's overperforming or underperforming you know unless you're unless you're someone like messi who seems to regularly overperform um, most players will, you know, regress to, to, to the, to the mean, I guess. So I like to see who, who's, you know, and I guess this, you know, could be, uh, applicable to, to fantasy where, you know, if you have, if you have a guy who's scoring more goals than they are, you know, getting XG for, um, then, you know, that, that might slow down in the future. Yeah. That's, it's, it's a good time to bring that up because on our most recent normal fantasy podcast, we had a big argument about Timo Werner. Um, I was sort of on the side that he had a historic bad finishing year last season. Um, and this season he'll probably be more back to normal, which is like average or maybe slightly above average based on the, uh, Bundesliga numbers. So it is interesting with fantasy though, because like one season you could, you could just be hot the entire season or you could just be cold the entire season. So it's almost like, it's almost more useful to look at that net from, you know, past seasons to be like, to readjust where they'll be in the future rather than like in the current moment. It's hard to know, like, is that going to continue? Is that going to stop? Or, you know what I mean? Right. I mean, he, he's already, it's only, he's only played three nineties so far, but he's already underperforming again. This <laughs> yeah, <year>. I, know. <laughs> I know. That's a tough one too, with the sample sizes where we're coming from baseball, we've got yeah. these like clean 162 game samples. It's, I haven't figured out what exactly is a, a reliable uh, sample size for these types of things yet. Yeah, I, don't, I think that's a problem in the entire, you know, stats, soccer stats community is uh, 
you know, I, I've had like Michael Cayley and Goodman on here before too. And they're also, you know, from a baseball background. I mean, I'm wearing a baseball t-shirt right now and it's just, yeah, we're so used to just, you know, 600 plate appearances or whatever. And it's just like, you, you know, exactly what's going on really most of the time. But, um, uh, I wanted to look at keepers. I think it's sort of interesting in sort of a similar way. There's, there's like the advanced goalkeeping stats, um, which also takes into account, um, post shot XG, which I, I think is the only area on the site where post shot XG is actually implemented. You can't see that on, on, uh, outfield players, I don't think. And I'm just wondering, like, what is this telling us? Is it similar to that net XG? Is it sort of just, year to year, different guys are hot, or is it more consistent than that? Like, are there keepers who are regularly overperforming the advanced stats? Are they predictable? Like, um, I don't know if you guys have stuff to say about that. Well, you go, Dan. So I, I think getting back to that sample size yeah. uh, issue, I mean, I think it's even um, more of an issue with keepers because, I mean, they're really only seeing so many shots over the course of a, you know, 38-game season. Um. So, so we, we, I, I ran a, a correlation just to see like if it was predicting, um, certain things, uh, that, that could be applicable to, to fantasy. And, uh, with, with, with the small sample size, uh, uh, in mind, um, for, for, com- uh, clean sheets, um, the previous season's clean sheet percentage actually did a better job of predicting the next season's clean sheet wow. percentage than PSXG did. And I, and I think that, you know, that has a lot, that has to do a lot with the fact that um, there's, there's a lot more to just the keeper quality that, yeah. that goes into a clean sheet, obviously, you know, defense and uh, tactics go into that as well. Um, and as far as like save percentage for the next season, um, it's actually the same correlation from one season to the next as, the previous season save percentage. So you would think that PSXG would be a better predictor um, than just raw save percentage, but uh, they're equal to each other. But I, if if we had a bigger sample, I, I wonder if, if, you know, we'd have different results with that. Yeah, that's an interesting one. It's sort of, I sometimes think of the advanced numbers as more descriptive than predictive in a weird way. Like you can, look at a season and say like, this is what's happening so far right now. It's not necessarily what's indicative of what's going to happen in the future. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's definitely fair. I'm I'm a Dortmund fan. So I apologize for the Bundesliga example (laughs) here, but I was going to, we were going through some goalkeeper uh, issues last season and, and some people were saying, Oh, basically according to FB ref, if you take Wolfsburg's con Castiles and just plop him into, into Dortmund's squad, you know, all of a sudden everything is solved, but it's not really how it works. It's just descriptive of the types of shots that these goalkeepers faced. Uh, and so, yeah, the post-shot XG plus minus is really just the net, uh, how many goals more or less they saved than expected. So if you put them on a different team, they're going to be facing completely different scenarios. So right. it's, it's not really a predictive thing in that way. Right. Yeah. Um, let's maybe jump over to also just individual player thing, which is, uh, the similar play, like the first thing you see when you're on a player page is sort of the scouting report and the similar players um, list. Uh, maybe let's start with the scouting report because it's on the top. But I was curious, sort of like why, first of all, why those numbers um, for each player? You know, it's different for an attacker or a midfielder or a defender or a keeper. 
Yeah. So like I said, with part of my role is is talking to people and we talked to a ton of people for this one over the course of a few weeks just to, to get a, an idea of what metrics people wanted to see, what groupings they wanted to see, whether we should just show attacking numbers for attackers, defending numbers for defenders. And the more we... It's funny because a lot of people thought that they wanted just attacking numbers for attackers and defensive numbers for defenders. But when we showed them uh, what we were working on, they were like, okay, that's interesting because now we can see like the relative defensive qualities, even of an attacking forward. See, I can give you this example because he's in the Premier League now. Uh, Josh Sargent uh, was uh, (laughs) an an interesting one where uh, his attacking numbers were like 10, 20 percentile. Hmm. But he looked at his defensive numbers for a forward and he was like, way like almost off the charts and uh yeah there are of course these attacking fullbacks that look completely uh the opposite where their attacking numbers are off the charts and they're like yeah do they even defend it's like well they play for you know uh these high possession teams and don't really have to do much defending so that's why we ended up kind of taking these this set of attacking numbers this set of uh ball progression slash possession numbers and the set of defensive numbers and just use the same ones for the same players. So you can see how they compare to their own peers um, within the top five leagues and at that positional group uh, on a consistent basis. And I don't know, I think it worked out pretty well, but we're always willing to, to hear uh, dissenting opinions <laughs> on the, the, the stats that we chose. I, I feel, yeah, and also, Oh, go, sorry, ahead, go ahead. I was going to, I was just going to point out that even though we do limit to, to, to a certain number of stats on like the player's main page, there, there are ways to see um, their percentiles for basically all the stats that we include on player pages. And there's a, a deeper dive you can take into the scattering reports. And you can also do it over specific seasons. If you wanted to see the 1920 premier league season, you could, you could do that. Oh, as well. I didn't actually yeah. know that. So that you access that with the view complete scattering report, and then you can choose the seasons. Correct. Gotcha. I've actually never done that. Nice. I knew I'd, I'd pick up some new things there. I was going <laughs> to say after after you spoke, Adam, I'm pretty sure you're talking about Rafael Guerrero. That's right? my guy. Yes. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it all the way. Dortmund Kits gave it away. Um, and then what about right? So right below it is, is sort of the similar players. And I'm much more, it's much more like, I don't know, behind the scenes on how that's exactly working. Um, that, cause there's no like numbers there. It's just a list of names. So what's, what's sort of behind that and, and how do you come up with those names and, and whatnot, Dan? So basically it just uh, takes the, you know, the player that you're looking at and it looks at their, their percentiles of the stats that we're displaying on the main page, not all the stats. And it compares to, basically every player that's in that pool of players um, and uh, just sees which players have the, the, the closest percentiles, you know, which, which players match up the closest. Um, and it ranks them from, you know, the most similar to uh, top 10. So the top 10 most similar. But is it like, so if I'm looking at like Mo Salah or something, is it equally weighted that he's in the third percentile for tackles as it is that he's in the 98th percentile for goals or you know because that doesn't really like matter you know i don't care about other players who are in the third percentile (laughs) tackles as much as the goal scoring stuff you know yeah currently we're not you know adding any like special weight for like for forwards you know and any goal scoring uh you know and any bonus for that you know it'll also you know, if, if they're applying the same uh, same number of pressures as you know another player, then yeah, they'll they'll be a little bit more similar, I guess. Gotcha. Interesting. 
Um, cool. I think there's uh, also the player comparison, I feel like, is relatively new and something that I haven't really looked at that much myself. But I'm wondering, like, if you're... Is there any other way? I think the way I, I sent you guys beforehand, is there any... What can we learn from this outside of just is one player better than the, another player at, you know, the exact same statistics or I don't know what, what, how did you guys envision people using the compare player page? Um, you know, whether it's within leagues or players in the past or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, it can be done for a number of things. Obviously things are going to vary based on the system teams play. Um, it can be pretty useful for like comparing midfielders with center backs within the same team because uh, <laughs> they play the same system. But yeah, sure. you, you can. And, and I mean, the main case that people uh, have accessed it for is, you know, I want to compare Ronaldo and Messi and see their stats. And, you know, while you have to take some stats with a grain of salt because of uh, the system that they're played within, there's still things that happen. Like these are the tackles that these players made. These are the goals that they scored. Uh, they might play a different position. They might uh, be in a completely different system, but these are the things that happen. So as long as you view it through that lens, you're okay. If you try to use uh, uh, this player had this many progressive passes more than this player. And that's why this player is better. That, that, those <laughs> arguments are always going to fall apart. That's same thing. You know, you're going to get with baseball stats or any other sport. It's like, there's no one stat that you can, you can uh, grab, but th- you can use them to compare, you know, well, you know, this player is making this many key passes per 90 minutes. So, you know, how does that compare to some of the other big playmakers and just allows you to, to line them up next to each other. Yep. Yep. That's useful. I'm curious. Maybe kicking out a little bit to fantasy. I, I don't know if you, either of you guys play any sort of fantasy La Liga or fantasy Bundesliga or anything like that. But I'm just curious if you were to come in and sort of start a fantasy Premier League team tomorrow or it's international break, take a week and a half and start a fantasy Premier League team. Like, where do you guys think you'd begin? You know, just what, what would be, you know, the, the points are basically goals, assists, clean sheets. Those are the majority of the points scored in the game. Um, defenders are the only ones that get clean sheets and everything else is equal. Where, where, where would you begin? <laughs> Probably finding the people that are most likely to have the minutes uh, yeah, true. To, to get the clean sheets. So, I mean, obviously uh, you'd look for bargains based on, um, the salaries that each player has in the yep. FPL. And, uh, so yeah, uh, I'd probably start with uh, looking for the bargains on the, the defensive lines to see who's going to get you the most clean sheets because obviously that's probably the biggest bang I would think yeah. uh, out of your defensive line. I was looking at like, I've never played uh, FPL, but I was like, oh, so you could play like, a, I don't know, like a Three, two, five, or something like that, and it would it would work. Uh, is that what people do? Do they? Do there's they... a there's a max, so you can have a max of three forwards, a max of five uh, midfielders, a max of five defenders, and you have to make you know eleven out of that or ten plus your keeper. Um, so you can do a five three two. You can do a three four three would be the most common, or a you know a three five two or something like that. But yeah, there's there's maximums, or or everyone would just have like every best midfielder or something like that. You know. Yeah, so I mean, um, you can jump in anytime you want, Dan. But probably making some sort of formula to like try to, you know, this player is probably worth this many XG plus XA in a game. So you know, and then 
look at opponents too. Yeah. I um yeah, I've also never played FPL, but and, and I, I guess one of the reasons why um I haven't dove into it yet is because I knew if I did, then I would probably spend way too much time <laughs> trying trying to like devise some sort of like formula, or, you know, some some sort of method that will get them get me the most optimal team. But I think just I, I would go with I'd probably try to try to pick players who are you know on city or liverpool you know top of the table teams i know there's a was a a, a max of three per per team that you can have so i mean i know that's that's difficult to do um one of the things i was looking at when we i was looking at the uh, goalkeepers is it looks like there's a break-even point with goalkeepers for save percentage at 60 percent with the one point per three saves and two point or one negative one point per two goals allowed so basically 60 percent is the break-even and so obviously you well you want clean sheets, but if you're not going to get a clean sheet, then you almost want someone who has a high save percentage, but also has a lot of uh, shots on target against. So, yeah. so um, you know it's it's almost better to have um, someone who's in like the 70s and save percentage, but also sees a lot of shots because then you can maybe rack up a couple extra points that way um, as a goalkeeper. Dude, you are uh, a natural. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're spot on that you would spend way too much time, but I think you'd also find success. Like, yeah, that that's. Totally right. I mean, you know, the, I know the prices may not mean anything, but like the, you know, Ederson, Allison, et cetera, are, are six million. And usually the promoted keepers or the, you know, teams expected to be in the relegation race are around four, five, four point five million. And there's, there, the goal, goalkeeping in general is the smallest range between like the top players and the bottom players and in terms of points. And so, yeah, most people, start with just a four or five keeper and just hope they get a lot of saves hope they get like a lucky penalty save hope they are brentford and keep some clean sheets out of nowhere and then you know you're 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 cooking with gas there but yeah it's just i was just curious like where you guys would attack that from because um but yeah it's good instincts um listen i mean i i thought this might be an hour but that's i think most of what i have to talk about unless i miss some you know kick-ass features that i didn't know about or that you guys want to you know show me or talk about or something i think that's like a pretty good place to wrap up i don't know adam do you do you have anything you want to throw in yeah i'll just throw in that like we're looking to talk to people all the time so if you start using this for fpl and you have some thoughts uh you can feel free to reach out to to us fbref.com or me personally at foosball twit on twitter dms are open but yeah we love hearing from people and I love talking about this stuff. Yeah, and I'll add that uh, there's obviously a lot that we can uh, that you can find at FBRF, um, and a lot of our data comes from StatsBomb. So if you're maybe looking for take an even deeper dive into some of the stats that we're showing on there, you know, consider looking at StatsBomb as well because they 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 also offer some uh, some uh, more granular looks, you know, at some of the stats. Awesome. They also have a lot more leagues than we uh, offer yeah. as well. So. You guys got plenty of leagues. Don't, don't, <laughs> there's no, I don't think there's any person listening to this podcast in the world that's like, my league's not covered. What the hell? Like, there's, there's way too many. Well, you never know. Once Dan starts getting into FPL, he's probably going to start scouting Norway and, and all true. these other leagues that who might come to the Premier League. True, true, true. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll bring you back on then. But, uh, yeah, thanks so much, guys. And, uh, have a good one. It was well. Take care.